embracing technology to move people and business forward. Hey, it's Nikki Llewellyn Gregory, and you're on Gut Plus Science, a mentoring platform for people-first leaders of all levels. Here, we talk to exceptional leaders who prioritize culture, get fired up about employee engagement, and are excited to share ideas and tools for bettering employee experience to help others. Thank you for joining us to invest in being a better leader. Now, let's get to it. Hey, Gut Plus Science listeners, it's Nikki. The future of work category of topics continue to be a big need for all of us. And I'm not sure about you, but for me, sometimes I get overwhelmed by all the technology options popping up every day. I know technology is crucial to leading people forward and doing it well in times like this. So I've invited Josh Jones from Employee Inc., the umbrella company to many technology solutions that advance people at work. He's with me today to meet us where we are with technology and help us consider new ways that technology can help us to be the leader we want to be for our people. Let's get with Josh. Josh Jones, welcome to Gut Plus Science. Today, we are honing in on technology and how it helps us move people forward faster and more efficiently. I know this is your jam. What makes you so passionate about inspiring leaders to embrace and leverage technology? Thanks for having me, and it's a pleasure to be here. And that's a great question. I think a couple of reasons come to mind for me. One being, I've just seen it firsthand, the impact that technology can have. I've been in the talent acquisition space for over a decade now, and I've used a number of different tools. And over that time frame, I've been able to see so many different efficiencies built in. Things like automated interview scheduling or AI-powered candidate sourcing or robust recruitment marketing capabilities. More recently, some more tools that kind of help with DEI initiatives that companies are trying to achieve. So the speed and efficiency of all of these technologies not only allows myself to work faster, my team to work much faster and much more efficiently. A lot of these advances in technology have helped just really drive down a lot of the core recruiting metrics that we look at and strive for. So that's the first reason. Second reason is a bit more selfish, I would say, but I often share this with candidates when they ask me about what I love about working at employee where I am. And for me, leading town acquisition for a company that specializes in TA tech has a ton of really cool perks. First and foremost, working with our product advisory teams and meeting with those product teams and understanding what they're trying to accomplish. And then taking those new ideas, once they start to build those things, my team often gets their hands on those tools first. So I think that's really cool being one of the first users in the world to use some of these new technologies. The relationships I've been able to cultivate, I've become friends with Chad and Cheese who are very popular in the HR tech world. Josh Akers is very well known in the recruitment technology space as well and become good friends with him. Lastly, I would say the thought leadership opportunities, such as us being here today and some of the many webinars that I get the opportunity to present on. All of those things combined make me passionate about technology. And I'm very appreciative of the position that I'm in with employee and leading TA for a company that specializes in talent acquisition technology. I love a lot of the examples that you shared around just efficiency and even DEI. We're going to dig into really bringing those to life here in just a couple of minutes. Before we do that, though, just to kind of hit on the importance of embracing technology I really think it's going towards a must. It is moving so fast with the unleashing of many AI platforms. Technology is running circles around us. And if we're not leveraging that, 
we just have to stay up because the world is changing faster than ever. For leaders listening, just to throw out end result here, whether you're aiming for like a four-hour work week or if we need to exponentially grow, we just can't figure it out. I'm pretty sure technology is a piece that could help with that. Even if you're already embracing it, adding more, or if you're not doing much of it, it's going to change the game. So Josh, I'm just curious because you work in this all the time. What are common things that hold people back from adopting technology? Right off the top of my head, I can think of a few. First and foremost is just that resistance to change, right? I think generally humans are creatures of habit and oftentimes we're very resistant to change just due to the fear of the unknown. So I think that's a big hurdle. I think another one would be like lack of access, meaning if you think about the technologies that are available to people in one community, they may not be available to folks in a more marginalized community. Some technologies can be quite expensive, quite frankly, especially in the software space. Software solutions, pricing really varies. But I think with any software, the cost is always a concern and something that must be considered when deciding on your technology solutions. Pertaining to what our company does, just knowing that HR is typically a cost center, right? We're not bringing money into the business generally. So I know our sales teams have to fight those battles, but some folks just may struggle to justify costs of a technology solution. Also in the vein of the HR tech world, I would say privacy and security comes to mind. There are a lot of compliance standards in HR tech. I think that's a consideration. And then the last one I can think of, I would say, is probably complexity and usability, how easy it is to get your hands on something and figure it out. I think when something is hard to figure out, people won't adopt it. I think technology as it's being built, it must be intuitive and be very user-friendly. If it's something too hard to learn or figure out, people just won't adopt it. Yes. Thank you for that. Just two comments real quick. One is, I believe on the accessibility piece or just knowing where to go, people like yourself, and you had mentioned before we had hopped on a number of contacts that you're working with and just helping to advance each other. I think that there are opportunities to match what you need. You just have to have people like Josh or others that can help you get there and figure out the best solution, finding people that can advise you to get to those right solutions. And then you had shared, speaking of cost and especially intersecting with HR, where sometimes the investment is harder to justify. I'm sure the sales team that you work with is seeing stories of typical ROI experiences. I wondered if you could highlight a couple of those, the typical ROI scenarios that are coming up and those that you serve. I think the biggest and first one that kind of comes to mind is I think about it would be just specifically talking to our technologies. How much more efficient can that make your recruiting team? And if you're able to cut down your time to fill by 5, 10, 15, 20 days, especially if you're recruiting for a revenue role, you can pretty quickly draw up the ROI on that. We need to know what metrics are most important to us and to our business. But I think it's pretty easy to draw those direct lines from town acquisition to those revenue roles and to those other things that are helping drive and move the business forward. Great. Thanks for sharing that. Before we dig in on a variety of business outcomes as examples like efficiency and DEI that I shared a minute ago, hone us in on the shift in mindset around embracing technology that you would challenge our listeners to embrace and maybe share with others. Yeah. So when I think about the word technology, I think one of the first things that I think about is its purpose, right? And it's there to meet a human need or solve a problem. So for me, why would we not want to utilize tools that help us solve problems, I guess, is my first response there. I think we've all used something new for the first time. And many of those times, we've gone in skeptical 
but it's a technology that truly does solve a problem for us. And after some time, we've seen the deliverables. And I think we can come out of those more relieved after seeing what it can actually do for you. I like to think of embracing technology in that way. Simply put, the tools are being made to meet a specific need or solve a specific problem. Once I learn this, it's going to make my life easier in some way. I think people will be much less averse to embracing the technologies. The last thing I'll say about it is my team will probably laugh when they hear this because I've told them this ad nauseum, but there is no growth in comfort. And that's very true when we're looking at new technologies or bringing on new tools to the team. But I think it's important just to be able to take that step back and realize that even though this change is coming and it may be uncomfortable at first, I may actually grow by learning this new thing. And that tends to help folks embrace the change. That's so good. And just to tag on to that, in the marketing business development space, we do a lot of content. And when AI was coming out, ChatGBT, there's so much concern by a lot of people that are in my industry and working alongside us about replacing people. And will technology replace some people? Yes, that is the reality somewhere. But I really believe that, you know, if we take the mindset that the majority of us are leveraging technology to make our life experiences even more rich, like doing things with less time, having technology that helps us to make what we do more polished and better, sharpening what our job outputs look like on our team, just embracing some of these new AI tools. It's helping us to have more of a work-life integration balance and catching things that were errors that we didn't see. And so maybe sometimes people are looking at it like this could replace me. And it's like, but what if it could make you better? So Josh, let's dig in on a variety of business outcomes that we touched on so far and just share some behind the scenes, some insight to help people understand this a little bit more. I think there were a few that we had talked about touching on. Feel free to add more to the list, but I think the top of the list is efficiency. And so if you want to hone in on the power of technology, helping us to drive efficiency. My specific examples are going to be related to the technologies that I'm using and our teams are building and those sorts of things. But from an efficiency perspective, technology has stretched our capacities beyond imaginable. As I think about it from an efficiency perspective, I think about some of the tools that have been built that really get rid of some of the mundane tasks that recruiters do. Things like outreach to candidates. We've got tools now that can automate that outreach or a scheduling tool. I remember when I very first started recruiting late 2000s, I was having to call people back and forth three or four times or shoot four or five emails back and forth just to schedule an interview. And now through some of the automation that's built in there, I can send one link. It's going to automatically schedule that interview and it's going to automatically send the confirmation to that person. And I think we'll touch on this too, but AI and what that's doing from an efficiency perspective, we've got tools built into our applicant tracking system that will visually show me who the AI thinks are the best candidates. So I can quickly jump in there and efficiently jump to the top of the pack for the candidates that I'm looking for a role. There are a number of different efficiencies that can be gained from utilizing these tools and utilizing applicant tracking systems and AI and data and analytics. Companies can reduce the manual efforts that their employees are going through. And that's obviously going to save time. Time is money. It's going to save your company money. For me in particular, it can help make for more informed hiring decisions too, which can also have a financial impact. Those are a lot of the efficiencies being gained through the technology. Great. Well, let's go to AI next because you had shared that in your world, how this comes to life is it's really sorting the big stack of resumes, so to speak, to really give you a short stack to be able to filter through more efficiently. That's pretty incredible. Tell us a little bit more about that and other AI tools. 
how you're leveraging AI. Yeah. So our candidate scoring was one of the first AI tools that rolled out within our platforms, but it's essentially assessing a person's career projection as well as their skills in relation to the job. So the more data that it gets, the more hires that we make, the more data that's input in there, the better it will get. So that's just one use of it. Another way that we're utilizing AI is that we've got a job description grader that any company can go in and drop a job description into this. And it's going to search that job description for sentiment and bias. It's going to look for pronouns or words that may elicit bias from somebody. And there's another place within our platform that does this as well. But it's a resume blinding tool that will also help eliminate that bias. So if you see somebody who went to maybe an all-female college, for instance, that could elicit bias in somebody's mind. So that tool will block out anything that may do that. So that's all powered by AI. One of the coolest tools that we had roll out on the JobBite platform about a year and a half ago, but it's called zero-click intelligent sourcing. And once we kick a job off in the platform, the AI goes out into our database of past applicants, and it's going to pull the people in that it thinks are the best fit. And then it's automatically going to send an email to them. I've got a sourcer on my team that helps with sourcing, but she doesn't have to go do any of that sourcing. It's just like having another person on your team for you. And then those candidates can come back and jump right in your process. So a lot of really cool things going on with AI. Chat GPT I've used to help write job descriptions even. And I've been pretty blown away by the outputs that are coming out of that. Wow. So cool. Let's talk about data and analytics. So I would say that most leaders, let's say this, wouldn't argue that having data and analytics to help guide the future for their company is very powerful. How are you seeing trends in what's happening right now with some data and analytics tools that you all are using just change the game to be able to hone in on the future and take the next best steps? To be innovative in recruiting, I think you have to leverage data and analytics. They give us the ability to gain insights. The effectiveness of a certain recruitment strategy, they can give us insights into maybe the effectiveness of certain sources that we're going at for candidates. I can look at data and analytics and understand how my team's performing, quite frankly. Average time to fill a role, the pipeline speed, how long is a candidate sitting at one particular stage in the interview process? If I've noticed that in looking at the pipe speed, it's gone up pretty significantly, that can provide for a bad candidate experience. So it helps me kind of identify those areas throughout the process and look for more efficiencies in there. And I use them to really manage my team. I look at recruiting a lot like sales. It's a bit of a numbers game at times. We can see how much outreach the recruiting teams are doing and comparing those to maybe another recruiter on the team. So there's a ton we can glean from taking a deep dive into data and analytics. I've got reports set up that send out of our ATS to different portions of the business. I was able to build a report through our analytics platform that sends to a couple of the folks that are on our internal enablement team. So they know what to expect when new hires will be starting. They know how many they're going to have in their classes coming up. Those tools help drive a number of different things, but it's all powered out of the data and analytics engine that's in the applicant tracking system that we have. That's so cool. So Josh, I know that you've probably got a lot of insights around improving the candidate experience. It's a main focus for you and how technology is helping. The one that I loved hearing was around knowing using technology, if there's been a candidate sitting too long, then that person is then at the top of the list for you all to be reaching out to or automation is hitting that to make sure that the candidate experience is strong. Any other things that you want to share about what you've been leveraging for technology to improve the candidate experience? You want to make it as easy as possible for candidates to apply. 
So I know that we've got customized apply forms that customers can use to set that up. But I think the key there is consistency. You want all of your applicants going through a consistent process. So these tools all help with the candidate experience from the apply portion to the automation. You wouldn't believe how many people will reply to the automated confirmation email that goes out when an interview is scheduled and saying, wow, you're on top of it, but it really wasn't me, right? It was the automation in there. But that communication stays open. They're feeling heard. So that's another way that it can improve the candidate experience. The communication, I think, has been huge through technology with the candidate experience. The one thing I always talk about, and we're starting to see some of this in conversations around this, differences in generations. Younger generations are text first. So do you have an applicant tracking system that enables you to text? I always feel that you need to meet the candidates where they are. So some people prefer email, some people want a phone call, some people want text. So you need to have the technology that enables you to meet the candidates where they are, which again, is another way to help provide that great candidate experience. So good. And I think we can take that and apply that really in any business, in any facet, not just technology. So just a learning here is meeting people that we serve where they are in the way that they want to be communicated with and being high touch in our communication. That's so valuable because there's so much coming at us right now. If I apply technology to this, to be able to automate touches or very easily convey a message in the way this particular person that we serve wants to be communicated with, it makes us look like a gold star, the highest standard of a brand serving them. Before we tell a story or two and then head over to our lightning round, I know you touched on DEI and just how you're experiencing technology helping with better DEI outcomes. You had mentioned filtering for bias, for example. What are some other things that you're seeing in the DEI realm? Specifically speaking to our products, I think the two or three of them that help the most around DEI initiatives, one is the resume blinding tool that's built into the platform. I think if we can eliminate bias before it gets to a hiring manager's head, which that tool does, they see a resume and they see that person's work. They don't really see who that person is. So that can help with better DEI outcomes, I think. Another one is around the job description grader by eliminating words that may be off-putting to some people or may elicit bias in some way from our job descriptions. You could post a job description and there could be something in there and your top candidate that you've wanted your whole life could read a word in there and be completely turned off by that. And I think a third tool that I've seen used that really just helps around DE&I initiatives, filters that are built into the sourcing tools now being able to source in specific areas, being able to source through specific universities. You can really target the candidates and the candidate pools that you want to go after with a lot of the sourcing tools that are out there now. So I think those will all help drive forward a lot of the DE&I initiatives. That's awesome. And yeah, just with ever changing all of the things to keep our eyes on, to be able to juggle all of these things to keep up, that's just another example of how technology is really a friend to us and looking for ways to be able to embrace it. So thank you. Before we head over to our lightning round, I'd love to hear a story or two about results that you've seen from leaders leveraging technology to move their business, their people forward, how transformational change is happening when technology is embraced. You got a story or two for us? I can think of a couple. One, a customer not to be named. They were a very large healthcare system, I think roughly $2 billion in revenue. I think they had around 15 or 16,000 employees. And this makes me cringe, but their entire recruiting process was like paper-based. They had an ATS already in place, all the new hire paperwork, 
all of that paper-based, which in this day and age, crazy, right? They were hiring about 30 people per week in that prior state. They just weren't adopting it. By leveraging the technology that they had already at their fingertips, their results were phenomenal. They were able to reduce the team size by three people. And then they also, while doing that, increased the number of hires from 30 to 90 per week. A lot of this technology does come with processes to be in place to help that technology along. So I think that part of that was them working on putting better processes in place. But they went from 1,800 current openings to less than 900 in about a year's time. I think they had 600 open nursing positions and they got that down to 80 during that year's time. And again, they didn't purchase any new technology. They embraced and leveraged what they already had. And we can all see the results from that. I think prior to them embracing that, their recruiting team was always working very reactively. And now they're able to be much more proactive and do outreach and build talent pipelines and all of those sorts of things. Another story is more personal to me and my team, but I mentioned earlier, I have a sourcer on my team and no experience in talent acquisition. She was on HR, more of a generalist role. She came on board and we had gotten completely away from doing our monthly career newsletter that goes to our full talent pipeline. Hired her, Kristen's her name. She came in with no recruitment experience, no sourcing, no recruitment marketing. One of our more robust tools is our recruitment marketing platform, Telemetry, that can be built into the ATS as well. But Kristen came in and just really learned the Telemetry platform and just really embraced it, learned it. So as I look at what she's doing with that now, we've got a very successful newsletter that's going out monthly. And ever since she started doing this, we've just seen our numbers go through the roof from an engagement perspective. Much higher open rates and click rates than what I would see from a typical marketing message. And I'm very happy with that. It's driving engagement with your past applicants. And we see a lot of people that will apply to jobs again in the future just from staying top of mind with them and keeping our name and brand in front of them. Two pretty good stories there that kind of show the positive outcomes of embracing leveraging technology. Yes. And those two stories were so good to wrap up this episode on just really leaning into our goal today, which is just to inspire leaders that are listening on how could you leverage technology more to move your business and your people forward. So thank you so much for sharing that, Josh. We're going to take a quick break, hear from our sponsor message today, and then we'll be back to what we call our lightning round, where we get to learn just a little bit more about you and maybe take away some cool new learnings and resources. We'll be right back. Shout out to the Talent Talks podcast by Titus. Show host Jonathan Reynolds, CEO of Titus Talent, brings a unique blend of fun, humor, and passion. Jonathan's vibrant energy shines through the microphone as he engages with every guest live, creating a captivating synergy. Jonathan collaborates with each guest to delve into topics that empower leaders to make optimal hiring and engagement decisions from a people-first lens. You gotta give this podcast a try. Talent Talks. All right, we're back with Josh Jones on Gut Plus Science and in our lightning round. So Josh, we have this ever-growing recommended reading list that's 300 and some strong right now, and you get to add to that. So if you could share your favorite book of all time or a favorite recent read that our leader listener audience would probably love to know, what would you pick? I am currently reading The Advantage. I'm not through it yet, so I don't want to recommend it, but so far, so good on that one. I think one of my favorites is Thank You for the Feedback. And it was super important to me when I first became a manager of people. But I also think it's a good book for anybody to read. It gives good perspectives on how to deliver, how to receive feedback. 
And that's really served me well. But I think my all-time favorite book is a book called Loving Yourself Properly by Sylvester McNutt. It's not really a business book, but more of a self-help book. But that's probably my favorite book of all time. Awesome. I'm going to check that out. I'm intrigued now. Thank you for sharing. So Josh, next question. How have you changed in the past five years? It's funny you ask that because I oftentimes tell people during interviews that our company has changed so much. It feels like I've worked for several different companies in the past five years. But I think for me, the biggest change that I've noticed is just confidence. I don't like speaking in front of groups of people. And here I am recording a podcast. I also have been on a ton of different webinars, but it goes back to something I shared earlier about there's no growth and comfort. I think having the confidence to put myself out there and do things like this have really stretched me professionally, I think, and really just give me the ability to go sit down with anybody in the C-level and feel confident in what I can bring to the conversation. Yes, I love that. Thank you for sharing. Okay, next question. What do you love to do in your free time? You will probably notice a theme here, but I love to cook, primarily grilling. I have three different grills out back. Two of them are set up for smoking, so I like smoking meats. I love going to try new restaurants, try new dishes, new places that I've never had. And then I think the third one that I will say is sports, whether it's watching them, participating in them. I do intramural sports. I watch all about any sport there is out there. Big sports junkie here. So I spend a lot of my time either eating or watching sports, it seems like. Okay, great. Well, Josh, what is the best way for people to stay connected or to connect with you after the show today? I'm on LinkedIn. You can find me there. Josh Jones, Talent Acquisition Leader at Employee Inc., My email address is josh.jones at employeeinc.com. So LinkedIn, email, probably the best two ways to get a hold of me and always looking to connect with more people and share ideas and hopefully help somebody out in some way. Josh, thank you so much for the episode today that just inspired all of us to adopt and go deeper, meeting us where we are with technology. Number one. Technology is here to help us solve a problem. So when we think about how might we incorporate new things, like where's the problem, where's the challenge, and bringing in technology to help us solve the problem, not just adding a technology to add technology. Number two, technology builds capacity in a variety of ways. I think my biggest takeaway was automation. So how are you leveraging automation? That's just one way of building capacity and a top takeaway for me. So number three, making communication higher touch, which by the way, all of us struggle with communication, like all of us need to sharpen it, leveraging technology to be higher touch and customized to meet the needs of those that we serve. It's nearly impossible without technology to really do this well and build relationships with people we serve and meet them where they are. So many great examples from Josh on that. I hope that you're inspired by this episode today and go take an action around going deeper with something you're using or try something new. Feel free to reach out to Josh. I'm sure he'd love to hear from you and we'll see you next time. We just left the world a little bit better. Now go do something with it.